0: Excited we can get over some of these old TV themes. Boy meets world. And I'm not a boy. At least I don't think I am anymore. But I am meeting the world. Still dark out. uh, But good morning to you. It is Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. It is Friday, the second day of February. I'm Brian, in for Tim. Yes. The person who does Brian's Beat, you know, the only show born at the apex of freedom, entrepreneurship and nomadism. That's our program for you tomorrow, starting at 7 a.m. Today, the Tim Weisberg Show. Tim expected back on Monday. So as we look at February 2nd, well, is there anything special about today? Looking over in studio six and seven eights, and Phil is dressed as. Well, today just happens to be Hedgehog Day. I kid you not. February 2nd is Hedgehog Day, it's also Ayn Rand Day. Uh, A person, I I certainly love her writings and and, uh, her writings that were transposed into movies. Excellent writer and objectivist. As libertarians love to cling to her, she was one that thought that libertarians were anarchist. As a libertarian, I can tell you I am not an anarchist and none of the Libertarians that I know and associate with, and they are many. None of us are anarchists. But she had that thought, she being Ayn Rand. Interesting, considering that she came from Russia. That's where she was born. Anyway, as we continue with February 2nd, Hedgehog Day, it is also... Bubblegum day. Bubblegum day. How was a Bazooka Joe type person? How about you? Did you when you chewed bubblegum, was it Bazooka Joe? or did you have another flavor that you preferred? For Californians, and I guess others outside of Californian who happen to, to get this kind of fruit, it is California Kiwi Fruit Day. My guess is the kiwi growers had something to do with getting the kiwi fruit commemorated on this particular day. It is also crepe day. Suzette, I want a crepe. Give kids a smile day. I wondered, why is there a give kids a smile day? And once again, it's a matter who... Puts it forward in this particular case, the who goes out to the American Dental Association Foundation. Mm-hmm. That's the charitable arm of the ADA. The ADA being the American Dental Association. And they want to give kids a smile and veterans a smile. Lots of people a smile. Because that's what dentists do. They try to give you a smile. It is also Heavenly Hash Day. Never been a a fan of that flavor of ice cream, but it's Heavenly Hash Day. It is Lung Leaving Day, and I had to look that one up to find out what that's all about. Good cause. It was set up in 2005 to give people hope in light of Lung disease, lung leaving day, people getting better, feeling better about themselves. It is also national wear red day. I suppose in in the United States, red looks pretty good, especially if you are a red conservative, if you take the red pill, wear red day. It's national. So it's only here in this country. It's also Rheumatoid Day. Rheumatoid Day. Self-Renewal Day. Very interesting. February 2, Self-Renewal Day. Sled Dog Day. I think the Iditarod starts running sometime around uh, this particular time of year. Sled Dog Day. Tater Tot Day. Never been a big fan. I've had them a few times. I, To me, it looks like processed potato. Tater Tot Day. The Record of a Sneeze Day. Now, I've had some record-breaking sneezes. At least, I think they're record-breaking. and uh, breaking. And many people that hear me sneeze... They're startled. The record of a sneeze day. I I, I can only imagine, didn't bother to look this up, but I can only imagine that somebody somewhere decided to record a sneeze on this particular day, February 2. It is Working naked day. Now, I have to ask the question. How many people really are going to work in the buff today? Now, notwithstanding what might happen at a strip club. Working naked day. Maybe if you work at home by yourself, you can Walk around naked, but it's too cold. I mean, even if you have the heat on, unless you're blasting that puppy up around 75, 78 degrees, you're not going to be walking around the house working naked. Imagine going to get a cup of coffee and you're naked and somebody peers through your kitchen window. Hmm, what are you doing? Oh, working naked today. Okay. It is also World Wetlands Day. The conservation groups must have made that decision, World Wetlands Day. Well, there you have it. A lot of things happening to commemorate on this Hedgehog Day. 1848. 1848. The first shipment of Chinese immigrants arrive in San Francisco. You might ask why. Follow the money. The California Gold Rush. First shipment of Chinese immigrants. Yeah, look, they, they wanted a piece of the pie. On this date in 1863, Samuel Clemens decides, hey, Mark Twain sounds like a pretty good name. So he takes it as his pen name on this date in 1863, 1901, the Army Nurses Corps becomes permanent. I didn't know that they were part-time, but it became permanent on this date in history. Now, here's one for you. For the first time in 400 years... 8 of the 9 planets align. That happened in 1962. My question to you, if we go back 400 years, 1562, who thought? Who thought in 18, excuse me, in 1562 to look at the planets to see if they were going to be aligning? And they were able to count that eight of them were aligned. You know, sometimes I wonder about these statistics. I'm not saying they're wrong, but don't you don't you wonder sometimes how did somebody know that eight out of the nine planets were you know aligned? And by aligned, what do you mean? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Skip eight, nine. Hmm. 1964, G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe, Fighting Man from Head to Toe, debuts as a popular boy's toy. Girls, they just say, it's their boy toy, G.I. Joe, Fighting Man from Head to Toe. And that's what it is on this date, February 2nd, 2004. Oh, besides Hedgehog Day, the first ever Groundhog Day happened in 1887, Puxatani, Pennsylvania. I had a guy call yesterday, said that he was thinking about dressing up as a groundhog. I did not. Phil did not. None of the folks over at the fun studio are dressed as a groundhog today. Are you going to dress as a groundhog? Hmm. 508-996-0500. Our quote of the day. Either you run the day or the day runs you. That's from Jim Rohn. You may not know him. He was a fantastic motivational speaker. Passed away five, six, seven, eight years ago. Jim Rohn. Either you run the day or the day runs you. And you know, I feel that many a day we are run by government instead of us running the government. Welcome back. You might want to get your sand. Remember, we've been talking about getting sand to make it a lot easier for you to walk. Sounds like we're going to have a chilly rain snow mix tonight into tomorrow. Sessie would fill at the bottom of the hour with that update. You might recall yesterday on the program we were talking about this guy in Kingston Jonathan Paluzzi Jonathan Paluzzi he has been charged with poisoning and then stabbing his dog to death uh his family was on TV and I and I happened to see some of the reports this guy uh, Paluzzi 44 years old He and his dog, apparently they were like best of friends. And according to the mother, drugs, drugs ruined Jonathan, their son. And Jonathan apparently wanted to get help, but his folks were too old to take care of the 60 pound dog. And so he tried to give the dog away and the shelter didn't want him. And then he tried to get the dog euthanized. But the folks that would do the euthanizing said, your dog's too healthy. We're not going to do that. And so for one reason or another, the the police are saying Jonathan Paluzzi decided he would get rid of the dog by. By killing it. That would be the best way to do it. And so he fed the dog fentanyl. Which according to the mother. Fentanyl was one of the drugs of choice. For their son Jonathan. Apparently this guy was really all whacked out. And so in court yesterday. Jonathan Paluzzi's attorney immediately requested a competency evaluation be performed. The judge granted it. And, you know, so that's pretty much what happened in court. So here we have this guy. I guess by his own admission, since he said to his folks, look, I want to get fixed up. I got to get healthy here. I'm tired of always being high. I'm tired of being a loser. I'm tired of living and sponging off you guys. This this is what his pleas to his family were, according to the family. Should there be any any type of Forgiveness for this guy for first feeding his dog fentanyl, which apparently didn't work to the point that that Jonathan Paluzzi, we're going to use the word alleged, allegedly stabbed his dog to death. And apparently the family, without necessarily seeing the incident, saw the dog bleed out and started screaming and screamed so loud that the neighbors, the neighbors heard it and called the authorities. So I, 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 I don't know if I have sympathy for this guy and I, I, I know I probably should. but at the same time there there are people that do hard drugs and they don't act out by killing their pet their supposed best friend so i i, I don't know that we we throw the book at this guy but it, part of me sees sees this guy. He's gonna get a mental evaluation. The doctor's gonna come back with a report that says, "Oh, he's whacked out on drugs." And then what do you think happens in court? What's the, the jury's gonna hear this, and they'll feel sorry for the guy. He's trying to clean up his life. He's not there yet, or maybe. Maybe after the, the evaluation, he has his next day in court, and, you know, there's blood all over him, and he's just going to say, Your Honor, I was, I was whacked out. I, I don't want to put the court system through a whole bunch of grief right now. I did it. I did it, Your Honor. If you're the judge and you're listening to this, how do you respond? 44-year-old guy, who at the time was whacked out on drugs, fentanyl, and it seems like also heroin. Kills his dog, stabbed it, fentanyl the dog. Gets a competency hearing. And uh, then the judge has to make a decision. What would you say? 508-996-0500. Going over to Studio 6 and 7-8, where Phil Devitt is, on this Hedgehog Groundhog Day. How you doing, man?
1: Good morning, Brian. I'm doing okay. Cool. Thank you. Well, we-, we await the Groundhog's message. What time? I believe it's 7.30 this morning. Eastern. Eastern time. I can hardly wait. More on that in a moment, uh, but first we'll take a look at your other headlines. A report says the U.S. is preparing to carry out a series of strikes in Iraq and Syria in response to the attack in Jordan that killed three U.S. service members. CBS News reports the strikes will target Iranian facilities and personnel over several days. This comes as President Biden told reporters he's decided on a course of action to retaliate. A number of Iranian-backed groups in the Middle East have ramped up attacks on U.S. personnel following Israel's ongoing war with Hamas. Meanwhile, the Biden administration imposing sanctions against Israeli settlers in the West Bank. More from Mark Mayfield. The order targets settlers who have been attacking and displacing Palestinian civilians in the
2: occupied region. The move comes after a Palestinian-American teenager was reportedly shot and killed in the West Bank by an Israeli settler last month. The United Nations says attacks by Israeli settlers
1: have increased since the October attack on Israel by Hamas. I'm Mark Mayfield. The man convicted of one of the largest breaches in CIA history is receiving a 40-year prison sentence. Former CIA officer Joshua Adam Schulte was convicted of the Vault 7 leak, as well as for possession of child sexual abuse images. Shelty left the CIA in 2016, providing WikiLeaks with classified data that was then published. Prosecutors asked for a life sentence in the case. Donald Trump's former corporate CFO is in talks about a plea deal to spare him from perjury charges, from things he said as a witness in the New York Trump Organization Civil fraud trial. Alan Weisselberg said he paid no attention to erroneous listings for the size of Trump's Fifth Avenue apartment. But a week later, Forbes published an article indicating Weiselberg was well aware of the error, one of the key points in the state's fraud case, and Weiselberg eventually corrected the record on the witness stand. Jennifer Crumbly wishes her son Ethan would have killed her and her husband James instead of killing four other Oxford High School students when he opened fire at the Michigan School in November of 2021. She made that remark when being questioned on the stand at her involuntary manslaughter trial on Thursday. As a parent, you spend your whole your whole life trying to protect your your
2: child from other dangers. Um, you never. You never would think you have to protect your child from harming somebody
1: else. Crumbly also said she never thought Ethan was a threat to anyone and added she wouldn't have done anything differently as a parent and she didn't think her son needed mental help. She told the jury buying the gun for their son was her husband's doing. A new World Health Organization study predicts there will be more than 35 million new cancer cases by 2050. That would be an increase of just over 75 percent. From 2022 levels, the majority of diagnoses are expected to be in low-income countries with mortality seen as doubling. Moxatawney Phil set to make his 138th annual appearance today. The Pennsylvania tradition sees the famous groundhog predicting whether we'll have an early spring or six more weeks of cold and snow. Groundhog.org says the state's earliest settlers began celebrating Groundhog Day in the 1800s. And again, we expect to see Phil around 7.30 this morning. Turning now to the south coast, a Fall River police officer has been found guilty of assaulting a man in custody, Nicholas Hoare, due for sentencing in April and could face up to 50 years in prison. And the state police sergeant, accused of accepting bribes to pass people who failed commercial driving tests, has resigned. Gary Cedarquist was head of the Commercial Driver's License Unit when the alleged bribery took place. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Celtics lost to the LA Lakers last night 114-105. to They welcomed the Memphis Grizzlies to TD Garden on Sunday night and the NHL All-Star game tomorrow in Toronto featuring the Boston Bruins David Pasternak and Jeremy Swayman. Now for your forecast with ABC 6.
2: Starting out the day with cloudy skies once again. What else is new? But today is that last day of widespread clouds this morning. Temperatures in the mid-30s. As we head into the afternoon, we could be seeing temperatures climbing once again a few degrees above average in the low 40s. Mostly cloudy overnight tonight And then tomorrow, mostly sunny for much of the region, with the exception of southeastern Massachusetts. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Sassi Del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM.
1: I'm Phil David for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
0: you up better than that extra large cup of coffee no more tim weisberg on wbsm
2: i've got to get better at this magic 7.30,
0: 7.30, huh?
1: And they, are so. they going to play that polka music also? Uh, well, I don't know if they will, but I'm a huge fan of the Bill Murray Groundhog Day movie, and it, it's featured in that, so I said, I've got to work that in.
0: There wasn't too much snow in that movie, if I recall, on Groundhog Day.
1: Well, no, but the whole deal is a uh, Blizzard came in unexpectedly yeah. at the end of Groundhog yeah. Day, and then he was stuck there for the next 4,000 years. <laughs> well, you know. Give or take. How many times do you think that movie is going to be on TV today? Hopefully, everywhere, all the time. Oh, my God. Yeah, nonstop Groundhog Day.
0: Do you know of any other Groundhog Day type movie?
1: Uh, where things repeat over and over again? No, I, 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 oh. I,
0: I, a movie about Groundhog Day.
1: Uh, no. No, no. No, I don't. No. Even, <laughs> you know, this is it. <laughs> it's not like Christmas.
0: <laughs> no, you know? it isn't
1: we got to hold on to what we got, but, <laughs> but the, the, the cool thing about, well, at least cool to me, is obviously it takes place in Pennsylvania, but it was filmed in Illinois and um, in a little town called Woodstock, and ever since then, they've adopted their own Groundhog Day tradition, so they're going to pull a groundhog out of something this morning, too.
0: Well, I, I wonder if it's going to be the real McCoy.
1: That's all I want to know. Right. And what happens if Phil is really a Phyllis? Well, I'm sure at some point in history that's been the case. But, I guess uh, you can
0: get away, Phil, either way, right? That's right. I mean, nowadays, when a woman is, I'm Phil, you know? Yeah, P-H-Y-L. Yeah. There you go. I, mean, you, well, why? I didn't even think about the Y, but that, good point. Right. Do you have a Y in your name? I do not. Good. Thank Glad you. Glad to hear it. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Uh, let us continue with the Tim Weisberg program. I'm Brian. Glad to be with you today. I've known about this story since November, and it was a pretty hot topic of conversation on WBSM at the time that it was going on. Phil brought it up in his top of the hour news, dealing with uh, the city councilors dispute with uh, with the few people that go to New Bedford City Council meetings. Well, today scheduled is a hearing On charges and counter charges. Against a couple of citizens. One who frequently. Calls this radio station. And quite frankly. I've been friends with for several years. And three. City officials. Two of which I know fairly well. The. um, The. uh, uh, Clerk. I, I don't think I've ever met before. But. As I read the story in New Bedford Light, and we had a story a long time ago at at WBSM.com, I couldn't help but wonder, why is it that school committee meetings aren't as raucous as some of these city council hearings are? And I, I really don't know because many times city council meetings are fairly blase, and I I I don't mean to poke fun at the New Bedford City Council. I've been to Boston City Council meetings, Cambridge City Council meetings. I've, I've San Francisco City Council. I've been to a whole bunch of city council meetings, and they're fairly. Lackluster. Every once in a while, there's some oomph, like uh, some of the incidents that, that we hear about. But the meetings in and of themselves really don't spark a lot of interest. Again, I, I am not meaning to point a finger at the city as much as city council meetings. Conversely, school committee meetings... Can really get up there. I mean the the temperature level. Can really rise. I don't see that. At local school committee meetings. I've seen them around the country. I've, I've seen them certainly up in, in the city of Boston. Back when there was an elected school committee. But with all the different things. That are going on with the schools. You would think that more people would go. To city. Excuse me. School committee meetings and not just New Bedford school committee meetings but Fairhaven school committee meetings at Cushnet Dartmouth Westport it has to be something out of the ordinary to get people to get up on a monday tuesday wednesday evening to go to one of these meetings yet a lot happens and if you look at A city's budget, a town's budget, school committee meetings, the school budget is is a whopper. I would think that people would want to complain or voice concern or applaud the different things that go on in these meetings. But for some reason, folks just don't want to show up. They're tax dollars, but they don't want to go five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred good morning to you morning brian morning brian
2: so I, I it's a simple explanation very very simple actually why you don't get a lot of action there is the majority of people who probably show up to your city council meetings are older right their kids are older or they have no kids or they're senior citizens in school committee meetings The reason why you don't get a lot of action there is because people are busy with their kids after school programs, not after school programs per se, but like just after school activities, sports, clubs, this, that, and the other thing that they're way, way too busy and distracted to get involved or go to a meeting. That's really what it comes down to. I've never seen a senior citizen go to a school committee meeting because it really doesn't affect them.
0: Oh, I've seen per, senior on, citizens on a personal level. Yeah, I've, I've seen them there. But the, few, the people in general are few and far between. Doesn't right. matter the age group.
2: I think the, obviously your, your senior citizens are the most engaged because they have the most free time. Uh, that's why they vote the most. That's why they're the biggest the, the largest voting base. But the the reality is, is they have a lot of spare time, so they can go to the city committee, uh, the city council meetings, because that directly affects them. That's their tax. You know, they're 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 arguing for or against a property tax increase, or what have you. Different different things that affect their daily lives. The it's interesting programs, that the, you would the programs say that. At school, yeah, the the programs at school they don't care because they don't they, their kids are thirty, forty years old already or even just, just out of high school, right? The, the, their kids are 20, 22, 25 years old. So it doesn't really matter to them anymore because <clears throat> when, when they were in school, when they did have kids in school, they were too busy with the kids in school. So they didn't, have, they didn't want to spend more time watching or going to a school committee meeting because they're going to soccer, they're going to wrestling, they're going to this, that, and the other thing. So they didn't have time. That's why people don't get involved in, in the school committee meetings, even though it's 60% of the budget in most cases.
0: Yeah, um, it, at least. Yeah. I, yeah that, so. it, that's an interesting perspective, and I never quite looked at it that way. But what you're telling me is that maybe school committee meetings should be on a different day, to allow parents with children no, to, to show up? I don't up. think so. No? no? I don't think so. No. So you don't is think they would go either way?
2: <clears throat> Never. Nope. Not one way because cause everybody's schedule is different, right? Yeah, you know, Saturdays are going to be locked up with, with all-day activities or they're just going away with their kids. The weekdays, they don't want to do anything because they just got out of work. Um, so let me put it this this way. Most override votes, right? Most override votes have to do directly with the school budget. It's, it directly affects the school budget most of the time. Uh, a general override is because they're trying to balance the school budget. Because, like we said already, the school budget is the majority of your town budget. So, whenever there's an override, it's usually because of the school and they're trying to they're trying to uh, bridge a gap at the school budget. Every single time that it is defeated or the biggest opponents to that are your senior citizens because they're like, well, I don't have kids in school. We continue on. We're going to cut, we're going to keep the the budget level funded. We're not going to have an override and it gets defeated the majority of the time, unless there's a real major mobilization of parents. And then they feel directly affected. Like this is going to affect my child and his quality of education so I'm going to actually go out and I'm going to become active in this and vote for it or vote against it. What have you. So that, that's that's the only time. But it really comes down to the senior citizen. The senior citizen controls your electorate. And that's why you don't see a lot of people involved in, in the school committee. But you do see them every day at your your city council meetings because that directly affects their everyday life.
0: All right, man. Thanks for the call. I, I do Love appreciate that. it. 508 Nine nine six zero five hundred. I think if folks know what's on the agenda and more to the point know what it might mean to their pocketbook or to their children or in the case of a city council or select board meeting, what it might mean to their residency, I think that they are apt to go if if they if they perceive there's something of interest to them. Why do I bring this up? Obviously, uh, the the case today, uh, the schedule case. There's a show cause hearing, and it's supposed to be a closed hearing in the New Bedford courts with uh, Carlos Felix and, uh, let's see, Councillor Gomes, Councillor Morad, and City Clerk uh, Dennis Freyes. The defendants, or so-called defendants in this particular case, they have asked for the hearing to be an open hearing, even though it's set up as a closed one right now. And according to New Bedford Light, Brian Gomes has also stated that he would like it to be open. So it's interesting that it's a closed hearing. But what might happen as somebody tries to think this out, the the show cause hearing may be delayed because folks want to make sure that it is indeed an open hearing. 508. 9960500 There have been disputes within the New Bedford City Council meetings November 30th, December 4th and uh, folks complaining about what should be a closed session who should be allowed up on the third floor and stuff spilling outside the council chambers out even outside so I, I wasn't at the meeting, I wasn't at the scene, so I'm not choosing sides here. But I do like the idea of meetings being as open as possible. Obviously, there are times that you have to have closed-door private sessions. Executive sessions, I guess, is what the proper term is. But... um Carlos Felix, who, you know, we know Carlos. Carlos calls this radio station. He's frequently at these meetings. He shows up. Now, a lot of times he is doing video for uh, different publications that are out there, but he shows up. He cares. Billy Safiolis, he shows up and he cares. And a lot of people applaud, a lot of people diss the work that I'm just using these two. But, you know, people, you know, you either applaud it because you like it or or you hate it. So you so you give disrespect. But they show up. And they end up making the news. Uh, I, I I might have a little problem with somebody that's a freelance videographer being the news as opposed to reporting the news, but that's Carlos's world, not not mine. But what it takes is something bad to be on the agenda, or worse, you wait to hear about it on. On WBSM, either through the news or one of the talk shows where we talk about, hey, did you hear what happened at the city council meeting? And, of course, you don't know what happened at the city council meeting because you didn't go. But we tell you and then all of a sudden we get into a great conversation about it here in the radio. But unfortunately, that's the conversation that should have been taking place over at City uh, Hall. And it doesn't. And the same thing with school committees. Now, have you've been listening to what's going on up in Brockton, teachers in Brockton are scared to go to work. One teacher had his arm broken. He'll fix it. Well, we're going to wait to find out what happens in court. Carlos and company. Versus the city. So let's see. President Biden. Has issued an executive order targeting Israeli settlers who attacked Palestinians. Did you ever think that would happen? My question is, what about the IDF?